welcome. This is an awesome podcast. This yeah. is one of my favorite ones. <laughs> to the Jeff. It's a lot of whiskey, Jeff. Macalino. Jeff Macalino. 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 Podcast. Hey, hey, happy birthday, America. I'm recording this uh, live from North Florida, uh, visiting my brother up here in the peace and wilderness. Um, it's peaceful up here. Um, might might, uh, might try some uh, edibles today and uh, just go exploring. So I might be lost by the time you listen to this episode, but hopefully I'll be back in Pinellas County. Uh, hey, so let's jump into it. Today, I have a guy that uh, you may know as Manson or Ned. His real name is Mike Waters. Uh, he is uh, well known as Manson or Ned from uh, Bubba the Love Sponge Show. Uh, that's a show that was really nationally big. He also worked with uh, Howard Stern. Um, Bubba the Love Sponge was big here locally. Uh, in the Tampa Bay area, because that's where he is from. Um, so, uh, interesting rise and fall for Bubba. Uh, and uh, Ned is now free of him. Um, so we talk about that. It's a, a fascinating story. It really, I do think, would make a compelling movie at some point. Um, and I'll let Mike tell you uh, tell you the story from here. Um but, uh, you know, I think you'll, you will enjoy it. So, uh, hop on that. Hey, my, my usual plugs I'll give before the, we jump in with Mike Waters. Uh, hey, subscribe to my YouTube channel if you don't mind. I, I just put up a, a minion, uh, menu review of, uh, Gru's Evil Steak Burger. Uh, and, uh, the special effects in that one, I, I don't know, I might win an Academy Award. It's pretty spectacular. You'll have to watch it to see what I'm talking about. Um, go on that YouTube. The link is below. And hey, also, use that link below to download the Ibotta app and register and use it to make money. First time I did it, I made over five bucks when I went shopping at Publix. Ibotta is a cashback app that makes every purchase rewarding. When shoppers start with Ibotta, they can earn cash back on hundreds of brands and retailers, both in-store and online. Earn cash back from Walmart, Target, Kroger. I don't think they have those where I live. Uh, maybe they do. I don't know. Uh, liquor stores. Publix is the one I use the most. Even though they're not a sponsor, I should talk to Publix about that. Uh, download the Ibotta app if you don't think that saving money uh, you know, in these tough economic times is uh, necessary for you, then just go ahead and Venmo me some cash because you must have so much that you couldn't save, a f earn back a few dollars every time you go shopping. Uh, this uh, podcast is also partnered with Flaviar. You know, drinking spirits, that's liquor. It's expensive. Instead of dropping bank on a bottle you're not sure you'll absolutely love, expand your palate with Flaviar's ever-growing collection of spirits. This members club curates an extensive collection that's complete with everything from big brand classics to offerings from smaller craft distillers with personalized recommendations based on your current likes and dislikes. And one complimentary tasting box every quarter. 
their selection eclipses what you'll find at local liquor stores uh, and bars, totaling thousands, all documented in the Flaviar app, along with visualized tasting notes. Members also get special pricing, and shipping is free on everything. So when you stumble on a bottle, you need more of it. It'll arrive right to your door. Use the link below and sign up for Flaviar. And lastly, this podcast is sponsored by my good friends at Geology. This is the award-winning men's skincare company that will formulate a customized skincare routine just for you using a handful of powerful, proven ingredients that have been trusted by dermatologists for decade, decades. If you suffer from acne, dark eye circles, wrinkles, or sensitive skin, look no further. You just take their diagnostic quiz, and their team of dermatologists will design and ship a regimen directly to your door. It's that simple. It keeps your face looking nice. I like it. I've got their everyday face wash, vital morning face cream, repairing night cream, and nourishing eye cream that I'm saving, you know, for a girlfriend who will have puffy eyes from my talk to uh, geology about that. Uh, come on. Look good. Keep your face looking nice and young. Uh, use the link below so they know that I sent you. All right. That's all the business out of the way. Let's enjoy Grab a cocktail, uh, or or Mike would, uh, you know, prepare for something like this. I guess back in the day uh, for morning radio, he would prepare for this with something maybe a little more interesting than a cocktail. But, you know, you do you. I'll see you on the flip side. All right, everybody. I am very pleased to, to welcome Mike Waters to the Jeff Macalino podcast. How are you, Mike? Fantastic! How's it going, Jeff? Oh, it's going well. I t I told you before. I I this is my first drink, uh, mm -hmm. and it's it's after two o'clock, so it's on a, on a Monday. <laughs> Not a big deal as long as it's after afternoon. Right. Yeah, right. I, you know, on weekend. You know, when you I did morning radio for almost thirty years, and when you do morning radio, it's nothing to crack a beer at you know seven or eight in the morning. I mean. You know, I didn't do it all the time, but it's like sometimes it's just a Friday and you're like, all right, seven o'clock, let's start drinking. Yeah, it, it, it loosens, loosens you up. It gets you going. I'm, I, I'm not against a, uh, a morning cocktail, um, uh, you know, within I mean, reason. We didn't drink, yeah, we didn't, we didn't drink uh, on the show a lot, but uh, we did do a lot of um, other things. Performance enhancing drugs. <laughs> hey what whatever it takes they don't you know it's 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 not the nfl you're allowed to to, to take things to boost your performance right <laughs> i mean you know it, it kind of gives you a different view on 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 performance enhancing drugs because what they do is take your natural ability and supercharge well but you got to have that natural ability so hey <laughs> yeah well, me, I, I've been told you can tell the difference between a stone sober uh, <laughs> podcast of mine and one. Again, this is my first drink. So, you know, even, even though it is a, a large beverage uh, of liquor, it, you know, I'm not going to be drunk unless we talk for a long time. <laughs> so, yeah. but but it's still just just the, the presence of it just sets my mind at ease. You know, that's, I usually, when I do these things, I always have a beer. It just makes me, I'm, I'm big into like atmosphere and ambiance and just setting the mood and stuff like that. When I do shows where I'm supposed to be drinking, I never fake it. Like I right. Gotta, I got to drink to be in that mood. 
Yeah, it's uh, see, I've I've decided this is the way I've crafted uh, my uh, my business plan for myself is like, uh, you know, this is two o'clock on on Monday. So normal person drinking would ruin the rest of their day. But I've got a, a start, a, a, a rapidly growing YouTube uh, subscription base that watches what I've called drunk Jeff eats where I get new fast food items and uh i'm drunk i get them delivered to me and i eat them and review them and shockingly drunk me likes all of the fast food that i eat <laughs> I, you know, I think i just think people can relate to that you know everybody's been drunk and everybody just thinks everything tastes so good when you're drunk so okay. yeah it's 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 tough for me to watch myself eat like i ate the, the hardy's primal thick burger and I'm like, every time I see a commercial for it, uh, like uh, I feel like I'm having a, a, you know, a heartburn or something. <laughs> Just, I don't remember eating that burger, but according to myself on YouTube, I enjoyed it. <laughs> oh, it's nothing better than going through the drive-thru when you're drunk. All kind of antics. And then, you know, of course, nowadays, you know, the new norm, you know, it takes you half an hour at the service. If you ever go to Checkers and they just refuse to serve you, it's like, nah. <laughs> we ain't doing that. We ain't doing that right now. <laughs> come back in ten minutes. I've had so many because I, I abuse the hell out of Uber Eats, and I have had so many Taco Bell orders after midnight that just get canceled. And usually the driver is at Taco Bell, and they text me and say the restaurant says they're not making it. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, you could have told me this thirty minutes ago when I when I you know just. Or, you know, clothes so you're not taking Uber Eats orders if you're not going to make the food. Get used to it. Yeah, it's, it's a, there's, there's nothing more heartbreaking than being drunk and expecting Taco Bell and getting nothing. Nothing. <laughs> so, so, Mike, I, uh, you have uh, a long, uh, illustrious career, uh, you know, in, in, in my market. Um, uh, so this, this will probably be one that, uh, the local people enjoy a lot. Um, you've had, uh, you already mentioned, you had a, a, a long career in morning radio, uh, and you started out, you started out with, uh, was it on Stern with Howard Stern? No, I started out locally here with, uh, started with a show called Three Little Pigs on 93.3, The Power Pig. The Power Pig, yeah. And MJ Kelly came to town and I uh, did with him for about a year and I just couldn't, I couldn't take it. I just didn't care for him at all. And I, I went and did my own show in Iowa for eight months and they said, get the hell out of here. You're filthy, you're disgusting. We hate you. And, <laughs> and just happened to come back when uh, Bubba and Lustbugs was putting on uh, his show and hooked right up. So it was very fortuitous. And then, you know, you know very, very lucky that I was able to do we did that show for uh, 20 something years in Tampa and I never had to move the morning radio was super lucky. We worked right. for Stern, but we didn't, you know, we didn't, we always broadcast from here. Gotcha. Gotcha. And, and Bubba. So the first, the first memory I have of Bubba uh, was my mother was disgusted. I was a, a young child and uh this might be completely wrong memories because I, I feel like I was 10 years old or something. Uh, and uh, something about uh, killing a pig or something. Is any of that? I, 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 am I just making oh, that oh, up yeah. in my head? Oh, no, no. I, they, were, they were doing a, 
it was the roadkill barbecue, Bubba's roadkill barbecue. And so we had a bunch of you know, yahoos bringing in dead animals from the road and we we're gonna grill them all up. And then this one guy brought a hog that he had, he had captured, you know, because they're nuisance animals, you can you know, pretty much do whatever you want with them. We had a, had a hog and, and they were like, you know, we're gonna slit its throat and we're gonna barbecue this hog and right now. And, so, and I was like, man, you probably shouldn't do that. I was like, oh, I, I don't think you should do that. And he's like, yeah, we're going to cut the hog. And I was like, I was like, I'm going to leave and go in the other room because I don't think this is a good idea. And it turns out to be a really bad idea because uh, they had a whole trial and everything. They went on trial for animal cruelty and barely got off. They were good. They would have gone to prison. Wow. And then, so they deposed me several times. And I was always like, I have no idea what you're talking about. I left the room, but hey. <laughs> Smart move. <laughs> yeah, I didn't have to do any of that stuff. Yeah, no, it's it's funny that I I uh, I was well, I was saying my memory of it. I'm like, this might be completely fabricated because you know how kids are are stupid and have false yeah, yeah. memories all the time. So that's funny that I actually did remember the headline at least. <laughs> you know, but the I think the ironic thing is I think that him going to trial he was in the news constantly mm -hmm. in the tampa bay area Con i mean you know every week about the hog hog trial was a big deal and after that we were we were number one forever we were never not number one after that it, it made us household names yeah and it uh i mean he's bubba is a legend although it, it well, I, I guess you'd be more qualified than me to speak on it. It seems like he's just over the last few years completely unraveled. Um, and I know there's a lot of factors that play into it, including Cowhead and Hulk Hogan and uh, a bunch of different things. But is it, I mean, has he just, do you think it's been a lot of bad luck for him or just he, he can't well, get out of his own way or? It's a, I mean, it's really a fascinating, the whole story is fascinating, you know, his rise and fall, and then the rise again, and the fall again, and then the rise again, and the fall again, because he can't not shoot himself in the foot. You know, every, everything that happened was self-induced, you know. I mean, I think the first time we got fired on 98 Rock for being too dirty, and we were ridiculously dirty. I mean, we were, we were vile. I mean, if, you know, if I was in the car with somebody else and we turn on our show, you know, like a rerun, I would always turn it off because if you turn it on, it would be like, and his dick was in there. Like, it's always something <laughs> obscene. So we, I, you know, we got fine, but but management, that's their responsibility, man. That's their responsibility to go, hey, you guys need to tone it down or we're going to get fined. And if you don't do not tone it down, then you're going to get fired. They let us do whatever the hell we wanted. And then, you know, we had to, you know, Buck didn't stop there it stopped at us and we got fired so that really i don't really blame that on him i, I was you know, part of that fine about half of it because i love to push the envelope i do do that stuff but then you know when you get to the, the sex tape and the um, the cheating on the ratings that's really what did him in i mean i don't remember how many years that was five years ago and he was already on am radio and once you, once you start cheating on the ratings nobody's really going to touch it because you know, you're, you're a cheater and, and they don't want to be associated with you. Every other station is constantly going to accuse you of cheating right. because of the reputation. 
So I think he destroyed his career that way. And, you know, I was, I was Mr. Manson, Johnny Rah-Rah. I was always like, you know, we can do it. You know, we can lift ourselves up. We got the talent. We can do it. We can do it. And then at one point, maybe four or five years ago, I could tell he changed and he, he didn't want to do good radio. And I think the whole thing, it was like months and months of this it was terrible radio. And then, you know, my son Trace was working with us at the time. He was you know, kind of a stunt slash on and a personality. And he was kind of abusing him and setting him up, just, you know, just treating him like shit. And, you know, I'm Johnny Rara. I'm, I'm, you know, and I got, he played me, you know, kind of um, used my son to get at me and made things so miserable. And this show was so shitty that one time he just went too far and I just, I just quit. You know, and I, that's what he wanted. Now, again, my wife was telling me, he's like, she, he's trying to make you quit. And I was like, no, he's not. How, why would he do that? We do the greatest radio in the world together. No, nobody would ever want to break up that duo. Well, so, silly me. So, you know, so, but, you know, hey, I, I, now I'm doing my own thing. And I, oh, I mean, I dealt, nobody else dealt with that shit for 20 something years. Nobody. Not, I mean, you could you literally list hundreds of people who worked for him, and not one of them stayed but me, because I just I could tolerate people. <laughs> I I just let things roll off my back. Plus, he treated me pretty good too. Yeah, and that's it's you know you were with him <clears throat> through the ups and downs, and you stayed very loyal to him. Uh, I'm sure you had opportunities to to go, you know, elsewhere. You know, uh, I, I, I never pursued anything. I, I mean, in my opinion, we were doing the best radio in the country. And I'm, I'm a team player, and I don't care if I'm the star of the show, as long as I'm a heavy contributor to the team. So I loved what we were doing. And I was like, you know, I don't need more than this, man. We were touring the country doing stand-up comedy and variety shows. And, you know, going to Canada in front of 5,000 people, man, I, I, I was, I loved it. I never, I should, I mean, I should have, I should have pursued my stand-up. I should have done a lot of things, but man, I was fat and sassy, man. We were balling, you know, working two radio gigs, one for Stern, number one locally. And uh, then he went crazy. <laughs> yeah, and uh, weird, just to, uh, to circle back, weird question. The, the cheating the ratings thing, I remember hearing and reading about it. Uh, do, how, I, I, one thing that's always confused me, and I don't know if you know the answer to this, how, do you know how he was cheating the ratings? Oh, oh of course, because uh, he was very proud of it. He showed them. Uh, oh. it's, very, it's very bizarre. See, nowadays, you know, it used to be back in the day, they would send you a paper diary in the mail if you were you know, with the Nielsen Arbitron deal written, you know, the general public, and you would fill out that diary every day and send it in. It's very unreliable. People don't like to do that. You know, it's like a pain in the ass. So they came out with this thing called the people meter. And it's an electronic device you wear on your belt or in, you know, somewhere on your person. So it knows that you're walking around and it's legit. And it picks up whatever radio station you come in contact with. So it gives it uh, 100% real ratings, you know, what you're listening to. So he had like five of these. Somebody he knew, you know, or a listener was like, hey, Bubba, I got five of these. So he bought, he paid the guy for five of them and he put them in a shed and he put them, what did he have? He had some a vibrating device 
And then there's like a litter box thing with a towel and they had a vibrating device to make it look like the person was walking. And they had the radios turned to uh, to our station. And that's how you, that's how you cheat. <laughs> <laughs> you got, I mean, five, sometimes five, you know, devices like that can swing it to you, you know, big time. Yeah, because they, they it's such a... Uh... <laughs> A small sample that they try to make random exactly yeah that's a it's and and you know what you know what the tragedy is jeff the tragedy is that we were on our own station it was called bubba 98.7 nobody nobody does that you ever heard of that some some they name them the station after the personality it was never no Rip D's 101.5 or Howard's, you know, maybe now, maybe, maybe Stern's the only one, yeah. but Bubba 98.7. And we were doing good. You know, it was, it'd be an uphill fight because the signal wasn't that great, but, you know, we got such a loyal fan base. We could have done that. We could have made a lot of money off of having our own station, but he had to cheat and ruin it all. I had my, I was doing mornings with him. I was doing middays with cluster up show I do and I was doing afternoons as Ned it was my dream come true and I had it I had it you know less than a year later snatched away game snatched away and, and he the the tragedy is it, he probably didn't need to do it either no it, it just unnecessarily yeah, yeah, yeah. there's no way he's not going to be at the top of the heap in Tampa Bay back in the day not now but, you know because you know, we you know when we were at Sirius and we had uh, Spice and Brent and 25, Manson, Ned, Bubba, you're not going to beat that kind of chemistry. It was a perfect mix. You know, if everybody brought something to the table, it was a great mix of chemistry. And then, you know, people leave and you still got to show a good show. And I thought it was a good show right, right up until, you know, um, about four or five years ago. You know, I thought, you know, with just me and when he had Trace Tuttle, me and him, I thought we were still pulling it off. It wasn't as good. Well, certainly wasn't as good as the greatest show ever working for Stern, but it was pretty damn good. And he still gave up on it. Yeah. And, and at the end, in the end, I mean, with your relationship with him, he turned on you. I mean, you know, and that, do you, do you, was that just, Bubba being Bubba and self-destructing, or you know, it's a scoop here. It's a weird relationship because you work with somebody for twenty something years, and you're with them four to six hours a day for twenty something years, and you laugh with them, you talk with them, you you cut up and and have good times and experience you know great things together. You think well. You know, this guy's really a sociopathic a-hole, but I kind of like him. And, you know, yeah. there's, something, there's something in me, you know, and, you know, he'll, he would never fire me, you know, because, you know, I'm special to him, too. <laughs> what a sucker. I was a huge sucker, man. Because once he decided that he made decisions, like, oh, let me get rid of this man's an a-hole. I mean, I knew he was full of shit. You know, he'd always go, you know, you're my best friend. You're my best friend in the whole world. And I was like, I was like, we basically don't even like each other. We don't even have anything in common. We just have this incredible chemistry. Right. You know, and that's weird. You know, you think like, you know, that you think somebody's an asshole and you don't really like anything anything that they believe in or anything about them, but somehow you're able to create radio magic. 
and that was you know that, that's what we had and you know I you know I should have got out uh, you know, like about six years ago I should have when he went to AM I should have seen the writing on the wall but hey you know I still believed in it and I don't I don't regret anything I did now you know streaming and, and loving that because there's less restrictions you just got to know how to play the game and you can yeah, well, and, and that's uh, speaking of restrictions, I know I, I, I saw on you, uh, you were the, I believe, the second most fined person in by the FCC in history. <laughs> I, I believe so. I believe so. We, we were, I think our total fine was almost a million, and I was responsible for about a third of that. So that's a pretty hefty fine in radio. And then I worked for I worked for years and years after that. Never got in trouble. It's like, yeah, I'm a, I'm a good employee. Just tell me what to do. Sorry, those guys didn't didn't put the reins on us like they should. Yeah, well, that's it's interesting. The first uh, when you mentioned you, you know they kind of just let you do what you did and didn't stop you, but then fired you for being going over the line. It's like, well, what what do you expect? It's, I mean. M- I, I, that's, what, that's what you do expect from management, you know. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, yeah, it, it's just Cubbies cover cover your ass. Blame the lower guy in the totem pole. Yeah, I guess that's the natural uh, the natural thing to do. Ultimately, if if you know you love it until it bites you in the ass, and then you you act like oh uh, oh they made a lot of money. They made a, I mean they made a god awful ton of money on us. But then yeah. Went south and one time you got to cut the cord. That's that's you know that's politics. Yeah. Well, what? Um, so so I'm uh, I'm a little ignorant to the beef that. So Mike Calta is still on the radio and presumably successful. Frankly, uh, and and we'll get into this more. But frankly, I don't even listen to the radio anymore unless I want to listen to music uh, because I listen to podcasts. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, I know there was big beef with Mike Calta and Bubba because I do know when I listen to radio, a lot of times I would switch from one to the other. Uh, and oftentimes they uh, were saying negative things about each other. Um, what, again, I guess I'm ignorant to the uh, inception of all of that bad blood. Um, you know, it's, I, I don't, you know, know the complete story i mean it's hard to figure out because you know calta i believe was pretty much responsible for the sex tape deal and you can say well you know what a scumbag he's turning in his fellow employee trying to you know advance his own career a real backstabber and but then you know then when it like what happens to to calta happened to me and i get i get screwed i'm kind of like well, I don't know. I kind of get it. <laughs> I said, if your boss screws you over, and then you got a, a chance to screw your boss over, well, maybe you do it. Now, you know, it doesn't make you the best person in the world, but maybe you do. Maybe you hate. Maybe you hate this guy so much, you know, that you're like, you know, f this guy. I don't care. If you got, I'll take him down. I, I, I don't. You know, I'm not really that kind of guy. Yeah. <laughs> but I kind of get it. I get it way more than I used to. I never see because I was always treated differently than everybody else. You know, he just, you know, he needed me more than he needed anybody else. He needed me. And so he always treated me great. So I don't really have, you know, you know other than built up animosity of 20 years of being an a-hole. I don't have 
um, you know, like the burning desire to get revenge like the other guys did, because he treated them a lot like shit. <laughs> you know, when your boss when your boss abuses you for years and years, sometimes you want to get revenge on your boss. Yeah, no, that that makes sense. And you were such, uh, I mean, you know, it's it's been a long time since. Well, I mean, since you've even been on Bubba, but since I listened to it, but I mean, you were. Uh, uh kind of an integral part of well not kind of you were uh so i can see i mean i feel like he had to keep you around obviously he didn't feel that way in the end um but you did i mean you even mentioned you uh, you were man you were called manson on the show correct yes and then you had a character ned and you even hosted i didn't know that you hosted a, another show later in the day as ned uh only sometimes okay but like maybe once a week you know we we did specialty shows like somebody usually had a show after the main show that we would put on twitch yeah and then i had well they did host the show on 98.7 is that what you're talking about or are you talking about yeah 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 on 98.7 you hosted you yeah and I, yeah Ned did afternoons and uh, he came to me and he's like you know this is what we want to do we want to do afternoons and i'm thinking in my head it's like that sounds great but that sounds like just a hell of a lot of work. I mean, you know, I'm already doing two shows. And I was like, I'll do it. But, but you know, if you build a studio for me so that I can record phone calls and edit things and do bits and, and stuff at home. And he's like, yeah. he said, sure. So I did that and I had a phone line that rang in the studio. And it was an 800 line, 1-800-69-MED. <laughs> and I'd get calls at three in the morning sometimes. And if I was up on a Saturday night at 3 a.m., Thing, I go in to be some drunk guy, you know, from Seattle, Washington, because everybody knew us from uh, Sirius. And I had people from all over the country calling me, and they all had shtick, you know, I mean, really good call. You know, it's radio callers are not easy to get a good one. It is at all. And then when I had just just had the gold mine of material from these people who would call with these crazy, crazy scenarios. And, you know, I think it could have been a huge thing and it got, you know, just ripped out from on me. Yeah, that's, uh, I guess that's one of those what, what could have been type things. I loved it. I did it for nine months and I, I mean, I just loved it. I, I worked, you know, 12, 15 hours a day, but I love it. Yeah, and it's not, uh, it's not work if you love doing it. <laughs> it's true. It's true. It's very true. It's uh, it, that's one thing I was saying. I was I was talking to someone laying out my schedule for the week, and it's like, yeah, I got to record this, I got to do this, but I'm gonna start drinking at two p.m. So I mean, it's not bad if you if you can drink while you do your work. It's, uh, it's like, on, on Fridays. Ned does um, Ned Ned Hedry from seven forty-five to eleven. And he starts off with two cookies at 7 a.m., two, two medicinal cookies, and then you know, with little natty lights. And it's like, how is that not fun? And he's you know, singing songs, singing, singing parody songs while you're going out of your mind. It's like, that's, you know, something I do just, you know, it's almost like you just do it as an excuse. You don't like to do it. <laughs> right. Right. That, well, just just like my uh, my drunk Jeff videos, it's like, yeah, I, I'm going to eat this fast food anyways. I might as well try to make a market for it. Exactly. <laughs> it's a uh, how do you it, it's interesting, the landscape of I kind of touched on this, but the landscape of radio versus podcast. I mean, there's still 
successful people who just do again Mike Calta I presumably is successful um and he's he's radio I yes. you know um it seems like things are shifting towards podcasting because nowadays it's so easy to get access to podcasts no matter where you are you know I, I i always marvel looking at my podcast stats when it's like oh someone from indonesia listened to my <laughs> podcast someone from yeah. italy listen and i'm like oh, that, that's great that's that's fun to see um obviously you can't well i guess nowadays you probably can listen to radio stations across the globe too but um do you think that uh, I, I don't, I guess the one thing that always troubles me is you listen to a, you know, old school, you know, Bubba show yeah, uh, or, or Mike Calta. It sounds like a podcast just with a lot of commercials. Uh, I guess some podcasts have a lot of commercials also. Um, so sometimes I have a hard time differentiating what the argument is even. Um, but do, do you, I mean, is every, do, just from your perspective, you have decades of experience on the radio. Um, do you think everything's just going in podcast direction at this point? Or do you think it's still going to be viable to be on just the radio with, with no podcast? I don't think, I don't think, I think it's already here that it's not ever going to be as lucrative or as successful to be on here. There's just, the, you know, young people, they, they started by using their phones to listen to the radio. And right. then when people got into podcasts, they're still using their phone. They're not even turning on the radio. They're, you know, they don't even use the radio. It's auxiliary with the, with the iPhone. Right. So that's, those people are going to grow up and they're going to be the target demo. So I don't, that's, you know, that's podcasts. And radio, it, man, it's, it's so sad. It's, I mean, it's, I should just write a book about you know how you watch radio disintegrate in front of your eyes. Back in the day, with you know, morning show talents, Harold Stern, Obi and Anthony, Bubba Love Sponge, all you know, Ron and Ron, all these amazing envelope pushing morning shows. And now you have just fluff, fluff, fluff. There's no nobody's even trying. But if you know they don't. It's all pre-recorded, fake, you know, War of the Roses, all this garbage. And like back in up and out, and I was writing stuff. And then, you know, I was producing some stuff, some comedy bits. And then, you know, they were offering me a thing on the morning show. And so then I started doing overnights to try to polish, you know, my um, you know, hosting skills. And then I eventually got my own morning show. You know, within like um, with six years, I went from walking on the street to having my own white show with a guy in Davenport, Quasi Desire. That doesn't exist anymore. They don't care. They could care less. They're trying to get, you know, they'll, you know, just take an intern and pay them you know, $20 an hour for four hours of doing a show. And that didn't even used to be a thing. You listen to it now, it's so unprofessional. It's very disheartening because it's such a great industry that we've watered down. Yeah, it's um, it, it, and I do feel like a lot of the great personalities that were on radio have already shifted, right? I mean, it's uh, I I try not to listen to uh, I call them the mainstream podcasts, but one guy I usually find myself going back to just because I I listened to him when I was in middle school all the time at night is uh, Adam Carolla. 
and he started in, I mean, radio was where he cut his teeth. Um, he was one of the first podcasters. Exactly, because he got fired from radio. <laughs> yeah, I always, yeah, I always liked that as well. Yeah, it's it's because he did. I mean, I think Joe Rogan even cites Adam Carolla as kind of the the reason he thought podcasting had a future because because he did it. But it only yeah. it only started. He still tells the story uh, quite often when I when I listen to his podcast, he tells a story about, you know, being in tears because he got fired. He and his whole team. And then he just decided, yeah, we'll do it myself. <laughs> Brilliant move. It takes a lot of balls. Yeah, well, and it is, um, there is something to it when, you know, even thinking about, uh, you know, talking about being fired from, uh, I think it was 98 Rock for, you know, getting in trouble for, for doing inappropriate things. If you're your own boss, you could do whatever you want, except for cheat the ratings, of course. But, yeah. but if, you, if, you know, if you're visionaries and went to podcasting, one or two or three times we got fired instead of doing anything else we probably would have done well but we were way late to the podcasting way late yeah well i i mean it's understandable why you know why you were it, it's it's a uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, we were going good until doing great until we weren't that's kind of how it went doing doing fantastic uh, until we weren't how how hard was it you know you I, I know he treated you well until the end, but how hard was it? Or did I, I, I guess I'll, I'll two part question this. Uh, you, you sticking with him through the ups and downs uh, where, you know, him getting fired meant you got fired. Um, or did you feel like, well, I'm just as responsible for a lot of these things he's getting fired for as he is. Um well, I, I, yeah, I felt that way the first time when it was fine because, you know, I was like part of that fun. But then it, there's nothing else that I was ever a part of. It was always just him doing something stupid. And, you know, he would you know, do something stupid and we get fired. And I would, you know, I would not really rub it in his face. I would make sure that I said, you know, I told you that when you did this, it was going to come back on you. And then he'd say, fuck you. <laughs> but... I would make sure that I told him, but I didn't mean to rub it in his face. Maybe, maybe I mentioned it in the parody song about 150 times. <laughs> but other than that, no. Hey, did, did you ever do a, a parody song about Hulk Hogan fucking his wife? <laughs> I believe I did. Yeah, I that, did. that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> See, actually, that's back in the time. Back in the day, I did one. I think it was right before we got fired. I don't know if it ever got played. But it was more of a anti-Calta song because that's you know that's the team I was on at the time. I was still on the Bug team, so I was like making fun of Calta for you know doing the sex tape and selling it and everything. I believe Ned did a song to the police. I, I'll be watching you about Bubba watching Hogan have sex with his wife. <laughs> a couple weeks ago. Well, from what I read, I mean, Bubba set up the camera and all, like, that was the intent. Uh, how it leaked, you know, well, it, it, again, I might be wrong, but it, I know I've read that Bubba suspected Hulk Hogan was sleeping with his wife, and he uh -oh. actually set up the camera. Who did? I heard, from what I read, and again, this might be wrong, I heard Bubba basically set up the camera and suspected... <laughs> 
it was happening. Oh, I yeah. Was, it was definitely, you know, I mean, that's what he was into. I, mean, some, I don't know. Some guys are into that. I, I, no, I don't understand it. Some guys like to watch other guys screw their lives. That's, that, that's a thing. And that was, you know, you just, I mean, with him, you're just like, yeah, yeah. Doesn't surprise me too much. Yeah, no, no, <laughs> no judgment there. Probably should have kept better control of it <laughs> so that it couldn't be leaked. <laughs> yeah, and you know, there's the theory that that somebody released it on purpose. You know, maybe they were planning on releasing it because you know, usually you get a sex tape. And that doesn't matter who you are. You usually can get famous. Kim Kardashian has made a billion dollars from having a sex tape. Nobody cares about you. It doesn't ruin your career anymore. It makes no. you it makes you famous. And Hogan got millions, millions from it. And Bubba's the only guy to ever be involved with a sex tape where he lost money. <laughs> right. That was kind of what I was thinking. <laughs> lost everything. He he could have uh well i don't know if you watched pam and tommy i guess the the guy yeah. who stole that sex tape didn't end up getting rich off of it either um but that's what i was thinking when i was well, reading up on this it doesn't work out for the people who steal it, it works out for the people who are in it pam and tommy did quite well yeah i mean they made a movie you know about that basically so yeah it works out good for everybody else yeah well I, I guess uh, I, I'll be putting out a sex tape. It's only going to last 35 seconds, but it'll be the best 35 <laughs> seconds of my life. <laughs> and I know I never was, was um, uh, having a big enough to get to think that people that even I would want to see myself have sex. <laughs> <laughs> That's I, <laughs> the, the funny thing when uh, probably shouldn't share this, but one of my friends, I went to a bachelor party in Costa Rica uh, two, three months ago. And one of my friends is like, when you have sex with the hookers, you're going to videotape it, right? I'm like, no, why would I do that? He's like, so you can watch it and, you know, jerk off to it. I'm like, I don't want to see myself. <laughs> Sad. <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean, I think that's of no interest in, to me. <laughs> doing it in your mind and what you're actually doing are two different things. You don't need to, you don't need to see it. Burst, yeah right burst, burst your bubble <laughs> yeah no i can't i i have the hardest time in the world editing video of myself uh i don't need to see more of myself <laughs> and by the way the the hookers in costa rica uh very sensitive about phones and cameras i imagine yeah yeah i'm not sure what they have to lose but <laughs> it's hey i have no skin, no skin off my nose, or whatever the hell that saying is. I'm, I'm cool with it either way. That's crowd Yeah, yeah. <laughs> is that on the rocks? Is that a? Uh, it was. Now the see when you when you pour it in a, a pint glass, it uh, the ice melts too fast. But uh, this is this this cup's been ruined. This was from Copper Tail Copper Tail Brewing which is uh, in Tampa somewhere. I've been there. I just don't remember where it is. I didn't drive there in my defense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what you got to say publicly. I, I know. You know. I mean, I, I, my wife doesn't drink. She hasn't drank, she hasn't drank for you know, several years. She's, you know, she's still fun to go out with, but she's been my designated driver for years. And I mean, 
If she wasn't, I'd be driving intoxicated sometimes. <laughs> you know, I when but, I was but see, I'm not I'm not a I'm not I'm not a blackout drunk. I'm not gonna get like smashed and drive, but I'll go have five or six beers and you know, maybe if it's not too far home, I'll drive. <laughs> I I think... gotta, get, gotta get home, Jeff. You gotta get home. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, you know, I think I would trust myself to do that because I I have a high tolerance. However, I, most a lot of my friends think I'm lying. So I was a very early adopter to Uber, and uh, I mean, back in the day, it was like five dollars you could go anywhere in the city. Yeah. yeah. Uh, now it's twelve dollars to go a mile down the road. But regardless. I was very, so everyone assumed that I had a DUI and that's why I was, I'm like, never, no, I, I, I drove drunk once and almost got in an accident. That's not the only time I drove when I shouldn't have, but I almost got in an accident. So as soon as I started going out and Uber existed, I'm like, I'm going to do that. I mean, but you're talking, you're talking 10 G's. If you get busted for DUI. It's going to cost you 10, D, uh, 10 G's to get out of it. And yeah. It's like, man, that ain't worth it. That ain't worth it. So maybe I wouldn't be drinking or driving. I can't afford that shit. No, well, that's, and the funny thing, it, well, I don't, I guess it's not funny, but the, uh, I was driving home and I was behind a taxi that just slammed on its brakes. You know, this is 2 a.m. I believe it was raining. Uh, I spun around. Luckily, there were no other cars avoiding it. I lost control and spun. Wouldn't have, I mean, you know, I would have rear-ended the person if I had hit them, but not really my fault in a normal setting, but it's like, I, it doesn't matter. I'd be going to jail. Exactly. Even if this guy rear-ended me, I'd probably be going to jail. I mean, some homeless man walks out in front of you and it's not your fault, but hey, you're going to jail for DUI manslaughter. slaughter. Otherwise, you would have gotten nothing. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Well, that's, uh, you know, uh, that's what happened to uh, Dante Stallworth in the NFL. He some drunk guy ran in front of his car. He had a 0 0.10 blood alcohol content. And I'm always like, 0 0.10? I'm better at darts and bowling. I think I'd probably be better driving at 0 0.10. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's no, you know, distinguishing that there should be some judgment. It's like, you know, some people, when they have a few beers and drive home, are driving more careful than they would regularly. Because right. like, man, I don't want to do anything to hurt anybody because I'm well, I, I remember. This is all uh, I would never break the law. Of course not. No, we we never break the law in any way, shape, or form. I can't speak for everyone else out there, but Mike and I do not break the law. Um, <laughs> for the record, straight razors, straight edges. <laughs> I, I remember when if, uh, sad story when Henry Ruggs had that his DUI, and uh, there somebody was like, oh, "It was three times the legal limit." I'm like. Yeah, the problem wasn't that. The problem he was was he was driving 160 miles an hour on, on, a, on a surface what? road. <laughs> and why, you know, I didn't try to get her out with a car when she burned alive. Yeah, that too. <laughs> but yeah, it's like, I, I don't care if you're stone sober. If you're dumb enough to drive 160 miles an hour on a surface road, you're yes. going to kill someone. <laughs> That's sooner or later. He's going to get did they did he go to jail or is he waiting trial because he's gonna go to jail for a long time he, he uh i think he's out on bail but yeah i think he's gonna spend as he should frankly i think he's gonna spend uh a long time behind bars um 
I wonder how much money he made in the NFL because I can't imagine he can pay great attorneys for a long time. I think he was uh, fairly new, so. Yeah, I think it was only his second season. Screwed up. Hey, he (laughs) – this is the worst thing ever to say. He was on my fantasy football team. I dumped him, got Hunter Renfro, won a championship, so. (laughs) (laughs) Worked out out for me, but. Uh, Yeah, the other sad thing about that, at at least in my my book, is people were more upset, like there was a dog in that lady's car that died. Yeah. People were more upset about that dog than the lady. And I'm like, come on. Really? People always care more about animals. They yeah, well. I didn't know that lady, but that dog sure was cute. <laughs> That's what it is, man. Don't forget that dog. If they show a picture of the dog, they're like, oh, it's part of the mom. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. <laughs> I, I, I always think I, I used to, I, I tried this on an open mic and it got so rejected. I never did it again. But I'm like, you know, the only reason we don't eat dogs is they don't taste good, right? Otherwise, we'd be eating dogs. <laughs> I don't know. I think they, it's I an think assumption. <laughs> I think it's because they're cute. It's like that's why we don't eat horses. Horses, you, you watch a horse majestically running, you can't even imagine killing it. Either. The cow sitting there like an idiot eating its cud. You're like, to kill that thing, let's eat it. That thing's worthless. It's all about the cuteness. It's a cuteness scale. I would, I would eat if it tasted good. I would eat any animal. I don't know if that's a, that's a. <laughs> we've, you know, we've tried several of the, the different game on our show. We cook them just for the hell and see what they're like. Ostrich are gross. Bison yeah. is delicious. Bison is the, I mean, Trace in the sunset is the best steak you've ever had in its life. Ostrich, bison, and then we had something else. Did you ever have a guana? They say it. They always do. It tastes like chicken, right? That's that's what I've heard. I had uh, me and my buddy uh, met a guy at a bar who said he would uh, cook us iguana steaks. We haven't gotten them yet. Steaks, tiny steaks. Yeah, they get pretty big, but they can't be like you know. We had a lot of lizards in Florida. There's little lizards everywhere. It's like there's no meat on them at all so where's the meat on the iguana the legs the tail the tail uh, like an alligator that's a good question uh and they've got to be bigger than the ones i've seen and i, I don't think i've ever seen an iguana in the wild in florida they're moving up this way they're creeping up well i guess they only, they only go so far because if it gets cold they freeze and and die so they only go so far north they're taking over to down south in Miami and the Keys. And like Trace was down in the Keys, he said they were everywhere. Iguanas everywhere. Mm, that that must be where, where he gets them from. I, but yeah, I'll try it. It's a gross looking animal, but man, I, well, I guess that doesn't defeat your argument of, uh, you know, the cuter it is. Yeah, yeah. I do that. I, I try it. I'm not dying to try it, but I try it. <laughs> well, yeah, I think that's it. It's like, it's not, it's not that I'm a, I'm a I'm a animal hater that just wants to eat their flesh. It's that I'm I'm interested. <laughs> With uh, I, I wanted to ask you too because I, and I've even noticed um, when we talked, 
uh, about Bubba. So you were Manson, you were Ned, and I've noticed when you bring up, you, you mentioned Manson and Ned, like they're different people from yourself. Kind of like me when I talk about drunk blackout me. Um, uh, so, uh, you know, all that time you were on Bubba, do you always feel like you were playing a character? You weren't yourself? I mean, we did, yeah, we did such a good job. I mean, you know, he, he really, I think it was one of the best characters that, that fooled people. Almost everybody believed it. And we, we never, we never dropped the veil at all, ever, ever, ever. We just kept it like it was 100% real. He, in the studio, he had computer monitors, so we couldn't see each other. So it helped, you know, help to, you know, that he didn't see when I was talking. He didn't like to see me when I was talking like that, which is understandable. Yeah. So that, you know, all those years, we never, we never saw each other during the show. Just, just computer screens in between us. Oh, so you, you really never could see? No, I mean, you know, you, you know, you know, look if you wanted to, but you know, you could see him when you walked in the studio. But while you were on the air, there was no like visible sideline. Interesting. That's a. I, mean, uh... I couldn't do it any other way. So yeah, I'm still. That's just an old habit of you know, like he's a you know a real person because I that that's how we did it. He's real, and we never wavered, and most people bought it. Yeah, well, and that's, you know, that's a, uh, a genius way of pulling it off, too. Oh, my God. I was dressed up as a, as a fake character in front of 5,000 people at the Calgary Stampede. And, the, and it's so weird to see, you know, some people know and some people don't. But even if they don't, you know, even if they figure it out, they don't seem to get mad. Right. Well, I always tell the story of people, I think we were in Vegas, the Hard Rock Casino, uh, we were playing a gig there, and somebody comes up and tells me a story about they were in the bathroom, and some guy walks in and punches a hole in the drywall, and somebody says, dude, what's going on? He said, I just found out there's no Santa Claus. <laughs> so we found out that Ned wasn't real. Bubba said David Wells cried and told him. David Wells is a pitcher for the... the oh, yeah. Game. He said David Wells cried when he found out that wasn't real. That's the power of Ned. <laughs> That's, uh, yeah. That, uh, it, it, it's fun that you were able to pull that off so successfully, though. Oh, my God. We did, we did a pretty good job. I mean, we took, we took, we took, uh, we had, you know, my wife's father was the proxy man. we took him all over the country he would do the meet and greets and <laughs> shake everybody's hand and you know would say don't say nothing man. just shut up and sign the picture and then i would you know do the, i would do the act on the stage with low lighting and it seemed to work in a lot of cities across america now that's and <clears throat> and that has to give you some freedom to uh to to do things maybe you wouldn't want associated directly with your name, <laughs> right? Yeah, it was. I mean, it's it totally you know. I, when I was doing the character, when I was you know, I, 
were, if it came to me, it either came to me as Ned or it came to me as Manson, you know? I never like, who was gonna say this? It just came to me. Almost, you know, almost as if the character was real. I did it so many years, it's just like a part of me. Well, and it, it, it seems, just thinking about it, it seems like that would make it easier <laughs> for you to continue a relationship with uh, somebody who has a habit of driving people close to him away <laughs> because on air you, you, I mean you could hate him off air not not that you did but you could and still on air just play those characters well I mean Ned you know he, he could take criticism from Ned that he wouldn't take from anybody else because he was under the, the guise of a character you know, I, I got away with so much, so I mean, so many things, so many things, and he would just you know say, "Screw you, Ned." But you know, anybody else would say it could have been a problem. Yeah, that's interesting. I'm I'm sure there's a, a therapist listening to this, being like, "Ooh, he he he's got some issues." <laughs> Bubba, I'm saying it, <laughs> stating the obvious uh, there. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think we all know that. Yeah, right. Um. So since you left Bubba, let's let's talk about that. What uh, what are you up to now? Doing uh, we're on Twitch. We've been on Twitch for like three and a half years, I believe. Twitch, looks like I remember my other deal. Twitch.tv forward slash cluster F show. It's a mouthful. Twitch.tv forward slash cluster F show. We do that every morning, 8 to 11, Monday through Thursday. Ned uh, does a show in the bedroom, 7.45 to 11. And we usually do something Friday nights. And <clears throat> we got the website, uh, clusterfshow.com. I got a VIP section where I do uh, all kinds of different shows. I do uh, race and comedy with a local comedian, and we play all my old bits where they have racial implications, which is a lot of it. With racial implications, and we discuss them like grown, like a black man and a grown white man would do. We have a civil conversation about it, and then we have radio stories where me and Trace talk about the old show. Father Pedo File does a show live from the Vatican. We got lots of good stuff on clusterfshow.com. Check it out. Yeah, uh, that is uh, uh, recommended for all fun stuff. Uh, Mike, it's been a pleasure uh, talking with you, and it's it's uh, you know uh, again, it's uh, just all all of this. One thing I always find interesting. I, we talked before. I'm a lifelong St. Pete uh, resident, and uh, you're you're close to the same with Tampa. Uh, you know, Iowa kicked you out, but I, uh, you spent a few yeah. months there. Yeah. <laughs> Goddamn Florida man can't make it in Iowa. Um, no but it is it's fascinating to me just to think about all of this stuff which is really nationally uh, newsworthy and it all kind of just happened in our backyard <laughs> yeah that's true that's a, that's a, it's, i mean we ran the gamut you know from success to failure to howard stern to sex tapes to, i mean just fcc fines we did, we did it all <laughs> Do, do you, uh, we're, I was going to wrap things up, but I have one more thing that just popped into my head. Have you ever thought, you know, this is going to one day be a movie or at the very least a documentary movie? Um, but I think 
you know, me myself, I, I'd rather watch a Pam and Tommy version of this show than a documentary about Bubba's rise and fall. Do you, does that ever pop into your head? Like one of these days, I'm going to have to consult yeah. on a movie. I don't know. Like I said, he's the only guy I have a sex tape who nobody is interested in doing. <laughs> I don't it, know how that he shot. He shot himself in the foot so many times. There's no feet left. I guess. Do do you do you think it's possible? I know he's on AM radio, where I think he is. That's that's that is a statement enough. I think of of his current status. Do you think there is a possibility of one more comeback at all for Bubba, or just? And people are done giving them chances. Well, I mean, his show used to be you know, compelling and, and really good. And he surrounded himself with, you know, some talented people. But he has, he does, he, you know, he can't do that anymore. He can't, he's got nobody. He's really, his show is, you know, I don't, I honestly don't listen, but I've heard some snippets of it. It's just like, he doesn't have any radio professionals to help him. He just goes in there and does a show because certain people will just listen to something till they die because they've always listened to it no matter whether it's good anymore or not yeah you you'll still see a handful of bubba army stickers if you drive around long enough so sad you know that our show typically a show like ours you know we eventually you know about by now we start moving to classic rock because that's you know where our core listeners are moving and we ride that into the sunset till you're finally like, yeah, you want to do it anymore? No, that's great. But, you know, he's the only guy that was so big in his hometown, he can't get a gig in his hometown. Mm. It's toxic. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> it, there, there, there will be a movie at some point. I, I, I have no doubt. It's a, it's just a bizarre from, from start to finish. But, uh, <laughs> but I, I'm glad you've you've come out the other end, and uh, you you seem happy and healthy, or healthy enough. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Life's, life's too short to worry about that shit. Yeah, yeah. Amen. And my, Mike, I greatly appreciate you spending time with me, and uh, thanks again for coming on. No problem. Uh, thanks for having me, man. Take care, Jeff. Yeah, you too. Thanks. All right. All right. Thank you, Manson, Ned, Mike Waters. Thanks for joining me. Uh, you can catch him and his new crew on twitch.tv uh, forward slash cluster F show uh, for some fun times. Their, uh, their intro song alone is worth the visit. That link is in the show notes, of course. Um, Hey, that'll do it. Uh, go outside. Have some fun, especially if you're listening to this on 4th of July. And it's not raining outside. Uh, in Florida, we're getting the, uh, you know, tornado-type weather uh, once a day for about 30 minutes. And then it's nice and, you know, 95 the rest of the day. So uh, here in Gilchrist County, it's 7 a.m. And uh, I'm just wrapping this up so I can go for a walk uh, in nature. So that's what I'm going to do. Do me a favor. Like, subscribe, uh, share with a friend. Come on, get that word of mouth going. Um, the ratings continue to go up, and I'm very thankful for that. Uh, do me a favor, subscribe to that YouTube channel, especially if you want some more uh, video content uh, from from me and from the podcast, uh, or either or, because, you know, 
I can do them separately. Uh, follow me on the Twitter, Facebook, uh, Instagram, blah, 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 all those things you have. And, uh, yeah, go, go, uh, go have a good time. Enjoy a drink. Um, you know, if you need some suggestions for drinks, you can click that link below for Flaviar. If you want to keep your skin nice, they've got, uh, sunscreen Floridians, uh, use the, uh, link to geology below to get some good dermatology approved sunscreen there. Uh, and Ibotta, again, if you don't need to save a few bucks with this economy, then uh, please just send them over to me since clearly you are, you know, daddy Warbucks or that thing, Nelson Rockefeller, uh, whatever. All right. Thanks for listening. Love you guys. Peace.